0: Welcome to One City Podcast. Today, Pastors Chris and Karen Conley will take a deeper dive into this week's message and teach us to apply the truth of God's Word in our lives.
1: Hello, this is Chris and Karen Conley with Conversations. We are so glad to have you joining us for this edition of our podcast. Hopefully, you already listened to the first sermon in the new series, Fire and Ember, what's needed to burn brightly. And this really is a conversation about that first message. And the message itself, Chris, um, is entitled Feed the Fire. I guess you know that since you wrote the title. Um, But we wanted to just take some time. And as I was just looking at some of your notes, what we discovered, and you said this even in the message, is that you have like half of a message that you didn't get to, um, which has some really powerful truths in it um, that I think we may end up seeing some of them next week, because I was like, wait, 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 you've you've got to teach these um, on on a Sunday morning as well. But I love the direction that this, I think, this sermon series will go. And really this picture of the fire and ember. Maybe set the stage for just the whole series of why you're teaching this and what the fire and ember really represents.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I was teasing a little bit during the service that, I'm not necessarily the boy scout, you know, I'm not the most handy person in the world. And, you know, over the, uh, kind of winter break, we went, we, we, we had the privilege of borrowing, uh, a friend's, um, home and he had a great fire pit. And so it was my task to, uh, build some fires and, you know, it required lots of lighter uh, logs, you know, and lighter fluid and, you know, all kind of the, the the tricks of the trade, so to speak. But what I did notice is... I think those
1: are the tricks of the people that don't know the trade. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, I am guilty as charged. Uh, it, it I, I will gladly buy those things to assist me in the process of lighting the fire. But I think what I really saw was once you got the fire lit, and it was able to kind of build upon itself. And the fire would would go through these phases, almost like a, a childhood phase, an adolescence phase, into like, okay, this is a mature fire. Like this is a roaring fire. And and then you saw all these coals and embers at the bed that continually gave off the heat and kept the flames burning. Brightly, burning strongly. But then each night we would need to put the fire out. And I had to begin to separate the coals from one another in order to put the fire out. If you kept the coals together, you could literally pour water on the coals, but they would reignite over time. And yet when you begin to separate them from one another, then the the energy, the, the heat diffuses and the fire would eventually go out. And it just made me realize that as believers, our best moments are always when we are running this race together, not alone. Uh, that we need one another to become uh, who God has designed us to be, in that we really can't have the Father without His family. And even the Father Himself is never alone, He has the Trinity. And so it's just so essential for us to go back and really recapture the essence of what it means to do this life together and to recapture you know, the way that Jesus lived his life, the way he built the friendships with the 12 disciples, and the way they did ministry, not just in the synagogue, but from house to house.
1: Well, I um, was a firsthand witness to the fire that you were talking about. And um, I guess as teachers, we are always watching things in life to learn and see analogies. And that is honestly, you were so proud of that fire. <laughs> he was so proud of that fire, if I could only tell you. And we gave him no small amount of grief for how happy he was that he had built the fire. But it is, it's that perfect picture um, of of the the embers Together are powerful, and separated they do die out. And so, we've we've come through a year worth of COVID, and in and of itself, we can see that imagery of the embers being separated and isolated, and just the impact that that has had on many people. But long before COVID, um, I think we have been in a culture that is very isolating, and almost everything working against us spending time together as believers. And so that, that picture and that need, I think, really resonated with people. Um, and, and it's a, a topic that I, I look forward to us unfolding.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I would like to say as you listen to this podcast, the church is only six months old. So in many regards, we're just building fires along the way. And we have built the fire of the worship service. We've built the fire of Tremble, a house, of united prayer. You know, we've built the fire of one city kids, but we're in the process of having to build these other fires. And we're going to build the fire of like, we'll talk about in this podcast, the big four of worship, friendship, leadership, and stewardship. But we really need to lean into friendship where we're going to really talk about the importance of dinner groups and alpha groups and just having a meal together on a regular basis. But I want to encourage people to go back. If you've not listened to all the podcast, especially in the early season of the life of this church, go back and listen to the new wine series because that's a part of the fire that we're building. Go back and, and capture the redefining greatness series. And then from here, where we're going this summer, after we do fire and ember, we really lean into the importance of being together, the importance of running this race together, the importance of hospitality. Um, then, what we're going to really talk about is we're going to talk about the Sabbath. You know, how can we build rhythms of rest in a culture of urgency, in a culture of busyness? Then, we're going to talk about this summer our priority time. How do we have that devotional time? Because As we do all of this, those are these fires that we're burning, that we're building on an internal basis, on an individual basis. But what we're going to talk about this series is we can't do it by ourselves and we need one another. And that's where those embers, if we can create this this bed of hot, glowing embers, then there's going to be times where your fire is weak, my fire is weak. And I need someone else's fire to kind of light me up, so to speak, and and kind of rekindle my fire.
1: Well, it's interesting as you talk about the big four, and that's anybody that's a part of one city, you're going to hear about the big four, the worship, the friendship, the leadership, the stewardship, because we just believe that if you are actively engaged in those four areas there's a high likelihood that you are flourishing and that you are in a healthy place and that that doesn't mean you're not going to have days like you said that, that that you need someone else to fan your flame and that you're not but so many times these other three things worship leadership and stewardship have the opportunity to be so much more successful and to become a part of regular part of our life If we have friendship, if we have someone that we're doing them with, then that's that encouragement that you're doing it out of relationship, not out of obligation or not out of religion, um, but out of, wow, I... I want to be the best version of me. And I've got somebody else wanting to be the best version of them. And together we want to do things that, that bring glory to God. And we're going to do this thing together. And so it is, it's the extension. It's, it's not your biological family. It's your spiritual family. Yeah.
0: So let me paint a picture of this, where when we say dinner group, you, you really have a, a better picture of what we're talking about. Imagine that, you've got a group of friends and, you know, whether this is, you know, 10, 12, you know, uh, 14 people coming together and at least twice a month, at least twice a month, but it's, you know, there's one or two different people that open up their home. They host their home. And I want to really encourage people when you have a meal, like, you know, let's, let's host well, let's, let's do things in excellence. Let's, let's put a little bit of our, you know creativity into this and in and, and some of our energy into this and let's let's really enjoy the process of having a meal together but imagine that if you were to do that at least twice a month 24 times over the course of the year you're going to be having a meal with a group of friends having great conversation You're going to be listening about the highs and the lows of one another. You're going to become attuned to what some of the the challenges are, but also what some of the opportunities are. You're going to have the opportunity to celebrate one another during the good moments and walk with one another during the, the low moments. You're going to have the opportunity to hear what people's dreams and desires are in life. And you're just going to build friendships that now live beyond the dinner group. Is there anyone else in your life right now that you already have it on the schedule to have dinner with 24 times a year? Mm -hmm. It's impossible to have great friendships without commitment. It's impossible to have great friendships without intentionality and without a time investment. And really what we need in order to have great friendships is we need overlapping relationships, Where if you had to schedule 24 dinner appointments, that's going to become challenging, kind of matching everyone's schedule. But if everyone agrees, and I'm just going to pick something, okay, every Thursday night, we're going to have a dinner group on the first and third Thursday night of the month. And you can just look forward to it. And it just becomes a place where you absolutely enjoy gathering and you enjoy the friendship building. And then that just overflows into friendships that don't have to be programmed. Programized.
1: So, Chris, as you're talking, a couple different thoughts ran through my mind. Um, the first one is, um I was talking to some potential dinner group leaders the other day and I was like, you can do the food any way you want. Like if you love to cook, great, cook a great spread. If somebody else in your group does and they want to do it, it's only twice a month. Like let's be realistic. We're not talking about every week. This is two days out of 30, two meals out of, I don't know how many we eat a, year, a month, but it's not that this is not all the time.
0: I would expect you to describe it that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Given your, uh, Lack of interest in cooking.
1: Well, no, it gets worse. Because then what I said was, look, whatever each group wants to do is great. If you guys all want to chip in 10 bucks and do Grubhub, go for it. Which is, you're saying, I'm like, well, that's not exactly the, like, so, so marry that world of, of excellence and reality.
0: Here's the thing. Anything works. Okay. The purpose is friendship, but I would love to see groups. Um. really dive into this and become absolutely excellent at hospitality. I mean, wouldn't it be fun to pick a different theme each month and go, okay, this month is going to be Mexican-themed and this month's going to be Italian and this month's going to be seafood or whatever it is. And, you know, people bring a little bit of who they are to the group, uh, you know, and, and, and we just... As if we were going to host someone else that was important, what would we do? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? In the world of hospitality, Jesus says that when you receive one in my name, you receive me. Mm -hmm. We're hosting him. Mm -hmm. And also, it even says that there are times that in hospitality, he says, who knows, maybe you're even hosting angels. And st- I'm feeling really bad over here, <laughs> like you're crying about hosting Jesus, and I'm like, go
1: for Grubhub.
0: <laughs> you have many, many other strengths, <laughs> but but I would just say, uh, yeah, okay. Some groups will have different personality types, and and yet, but let's minimize our weaknesses, play to our strengths, and give everybody opportunity to kind of bring their best to the table, so to speak. But at the same time, like, how can we treat one another as special? Mm-hmm. And we really open our homes and, and we just absolutely, it's not an obligation. It's not a need. It's, it's no, like, this is my family. This is my group of friends. This is, you know, who I absolutely love spending time with.
1: Mm. I love it. I love it. That's beautiful. And I think you're right. And that, and that is the beauty, even as we're in the process right now of identifying hosts and group leaders is we all have different strengths and we all have different gifts. And so there will be people in your group that even if that's not your thing, we all want to feel special and we all want to make others feel special. And so It'll be it'll be beautiful to see different people with different strengths step forward and say, "No, I would love to do this part," or let's share this share this and do it together, and even make it fun as we do that. So, I love that, Chris. As you're talking about this, um, you know, I hear the person that's just like, "I'm busy, and I've got kids with sports, or I've I got a, a really demanding job, and you know, I don't know, like." Speak to the investment and why why we would say this would be something to prioritize in your in your day in your week.
0: Yeah, first and foremost, I validate all that. You know, um, we we are busy, and honestly, all of us probably are a little bit too busy. Um, and we've got to find uh, we've got to we've got to understand. That all of us long for, we kind of even ache for really, really quality, in-depth, trusted, valuable friendships. But also we all have to kind of take ownership of the fact that, you know, that requires a level of commitment. And to become great at anything, it requires some investment. And so... um, I just think what we have to do is we have to say, I'm never going to regret investing in a people and investing in a place for the long term to become a group of friends that fulfill the five, you know, foundational truths of friendship, to really have friends that encourage one another daily, that inspire one another to love and good deeds, that restore one another in a spirit of gentleness, that um carry one another's burdens that live for one another's progress to join the faith. Here's the thing. All of us to a degree have a little bit of dissatisfaction with church. And it's because most of the time the church is not facilitating this type of friendship, this type of, this level of relationship, this level of commitment. And, and so instead of, you know, just more programming, Let's invest in what we really need in order to love one another, in order to be known by love, in order to be people of hospitality, and in order to be fulfilled because a program is not going to love you well. People love you well.
1: Well, and I will just say, you know, we have had seasons that we have been connected to community like this. And and they're some of our richest memories. And we truly saw the body of Christ working within that small group. And, and we also know that, you know, groups are messy. People are messy. It's not always going to be perfect. Um, We're going to have to learn to love people that maybe see the world a little differently than we do, but that's what being the body is about. That's, it's the same thing in your family. You, you know, you have to learn to, to understand that different personalities and different things but even in the groups that we've had, we've seen, you know, people that would have never crossed paths with one another. But over time, just spending time each week with that group, you do, you become invested, you begin to see their strengths, you begin to love them when they, the facade comes down and there's vulnerability and you see the true, the you know, the true beauty behind someone, not just what they present on the first, you know, the first date kind of thing. And it really is something that I just I can't wait to see happen in the life of one city and something that that we have just been committed to making a more primary focus in this ministry than we've ever had before.
0: Yeah. So let's be realistic about groups, Um, you know, because we all are imperfect people. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. We don't like everybody equally. Uh, in a group, you know, if you're going to have, you know, 12 people, let's just call it 12. Um, there's going to be, you know, two, three couples that you really, really like. There's going to be two or three couples that you're like, okay, cool. You know, like there might be someone that your personality just doesn't mesh with, but if you can just see the best, believe the best commit to one another, then honestly, through the process of all of us growing in Christ, in all of us becoming more like Christ, we're all going to become more likable, not less likable. And so, it's just important that we, we, because of the whole FOMO thing, fear of missing out. Um, a lot of people are reluctant to make a commitment because, like, well, you know, could I find a better group? Could I find a better friend? Could I, you know, find a better church? Could I find a better program or whatever? And what I would just say is, okay, in the midst of. Uh, all of us being imperfect, let's, let's commit to just becoming who God wants us to become. And then as iron sharpens iron, we're going to become more and more who Christ is. And as we become more and more who Christ is, we're going to become more and more likable, more and more lovable. And then naturally some people you'll have a better friendship with other, and that's okay. Mm.
1: I love it. Chris, as we wrap up this particular podcast, um, one of the statements that you made, um, I would love to kind of just have you give some final comments around this particular statement. You said, fires are not built all at once. Let the fire build itself. Don't try to build the fire too big, too fast. Give us the the backstory to that statement.
0: Yeah. So um, like maybe here's one of the ways I would say it. When we welcome people to one city, probably we should start saying something like this. We would say, we are so thrilled you're here. We're so excited you're here. We're so grateful you're here, right? And we would just encourage them and say, hey, but whatever you do, give it time. Give it time because what we're really about is we're about relationships and relationships take time. And so um, we can't microwave A relationship. And and it's it's difficult to what people don't even know they're looking for. They're looking for a place and a people who are going to love them well. All right. Uh, They're looking for relationships that are going to be the difference maker in their life. And so, um, typically what we come in and we go, well, do I like the music? You know, do I like the teaching? You know, do I like the children's ministry? Those kind of things. And and all those things are important, but what I'm trying to say in this is relationally, just give it time and then invest in it, pursue it. Don't wait on everything to come to you. That friendship is something where, um, You need people to seek you out, but you also need to seek people out. And the more committed that we become, the more we commit to worship, friendship, leadership, and stewardship, the more we will have those overlapping relationships. And the more we begin to overlap and we just begin to spend time with one another, then those relationships naturally accelerate. So the thing I would say is when I say, hey, um, fires are not built all at once. You're, you're, you're building that base. You're trying to get that fire lit and to sustain itself. And then once that fire has you know burned through kind of the surface on a few and, and it's beginning to have this internal strength, then I can put other fires on the log and all the logs actually need one another to burn well.
1: Well, I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I hope that whether you are a part of one city and you're going to jump into a dinner group or you live all the way across the country, that you would apply these truths that we need one another. There is no such thing as solo Christianity and it takes time. It takes investment. It means prioritizing other people and being less selfish with your time um, and I say that knowing that for me as well that I'm gonna have to set aside that time and value it more than oh I could just go home and get in my jammies and have it that. No, what we really long for is the connection and to have people there when it matters and when we need them. And it means investing now f- to have those kinds of friendship for a lifetime. So I hope that that'll encourage you wherever you are and check us out next time for the next the next series, uh, the next sermon of Fire and the Ember next week and our follow-up conversation. Take care.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, share it with a friend, and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us to prove that love works. You can give towards our
1: mission at OneCityMemphis.org.